0: What's up guys, it's Roberto Rojas, and I'm super excited to bring you the newest episode of What What I'm need Vision. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We got a lot to talk about in this, our second episode, and, you know, certainly there's a lot that's going on in the world of football, a lot of things going on in Paraguay specifically, be it in the country, be it abroad, and everything along those lines. So we'll get straight into it real quick. Fede, let's go to you first and to see what's going on. Obviously, some big news just happened. You know, a couple hours ago, uh, with the list of uh, call-ups for Paraguay's upcoming World Cup qualifiers against Peru and Venezuela. Uh, a lot of names coming out from Eduardo Varezo. So, go ahead and, and talk about that.
1: Hi guys. Hi Roberto. Hi Maria. Hi Ralph. Well, first of all, I got my Roja here. And we're ready for the qualifications yeah yeah it's, it's time to take it out it's time to put it on because it's right around the corner first of all i want to say uh, i want to give a big shout out to everybody that's given their feedback uh, from the first episode it's, i've been overwhelmed really about a lot of people writing to us uh giving us their thoughts so so we're really happy about that about hearing what you guys think about the, this new podcast this new show uh, what any vision that's going to get even better as, as the episodes go by and we got a lot of things to talk about today mainly this team, the national team, because it's confirmed. I didn't want to put the Albi Roja on last, last week because I didn't want to get too caught up in the emotion. You know, we're journalists, but this is the only team we can actually root for, right? Well, Roberto has another thing, but this is the only team we can actually root for. And and there's a lot of, there's a lot of people waiting for that. There's a lot of people waiting for their national team to play. We were waiting for that to happen already in this month, in September. We're waiting now on October. Thankfully, it's been confirmed because we we were really scared about what we were hearing from Asia. We were really scared when we when we heard Concacaf got suspended, also got postponed actually for next year for 2021. So we were here waiting. I didn't. I'm telling you the truth. I didn't really want to get my uh, expectations really up, but now I got the Alberroja ready. Now beriso has his list ready, and we really need to talk about that. 37 players were reserved, I think that's the right term because they're not really called up. We just let the FIFA know that we got these 37 players around the world, and they need to wait for that final call. We can only put 23... Uh, on the list for every match. And we'll see eventually uh, out of those 37 players who gets cut off for these first two games against Peru and then Venezuela in Merida, a long road to to Venezuela. I was talking to Justo Villar today and he said it's going to be a long uh, trip to Venezuela. We go there by plane and then we need to take a bus about three, four hours uh, through from Caracas to Merida. It's a long trip. So we'll see how Berizo handles that. I said it last week, maybe maybe picking two different teams with some new players also on this list. We talked about some of them uh, on the first episode. Uh, I'm happy that Gaston Jimenez, we, we nailed it on that one. Uh, he's there. the the player from Chicago Fire he's I I think uh, even reading some of the some of the of the fans uh, the response to this list uh, I think that's the name that surprised everybody I don't I think a lot of people weren't waiting for that name now but he's there there's also uh, young players like Eric Lopez that just went to Atlanta United I think he hasn't played in Atlanta yet but he is on this list he's the youngest with uh with barely 18 years old so there's some players there's some fresh Blood. Uh, there's good players that have just made their way to Europe, like we said last week. Andres Cuvas, uh, Pires Damota just left also a Brazil. He's he's now going to play in Europe. Uh, we got a lot of cases like that. We got Alan Barreto. This is a first for him. Also, he's a young striker. Just left Argentina. Just left San Lorenzo. Uh, he's he's going to play now. He's already playing. He actually made a goal already in the Turkish league. So. I'm really excited about some of these names. E- even on defense, we got some new names. Uh, Omar Alderete, he had a great season uh, also with Vasco. I think Ralph talked about him last week. Gustavo Velasquez, some players from the Mexican League. There's three from one same team from Juarez Football Club. Uh, I'm talking about Gustavo Velasquez. I'm talking about Willy Mendita. Lescano is already a, a player that's, that's there um, waiting for his chance to be the the, the striker, to-, to to have that spot only for him. But but there's other players that are, that have caught my attention. Blas Arma, there's really some names that, that we haven't seen lately that that, that put me up there. Uh, the expectation uh, just to see them, just to see what they can bring to the to the team. What what their role is really gonna be uh, in this road that's really long. Like I said last week, also you know I, I think Berizzo he has that in his mind. That's why he's calling some youngsters. There's a Copa America next year. Also maybe they'll have more minutes there we'll we'll see really if any of these new names are, are called up for these two matches. I think that's going to be the big news uh, in about a week or, or so for what, for what I was talking with Justo Villar, the, the manager uh, also working close with Berizzo. Uh, he told me that in about a week or maybe 10 days, they'll cut this list and they'll add the players also from the local tournament from here from Paraguay. There was only one goalkeeper. They should they should call about three more. So this list needs to be completed. 37 for now. Out, but it should be around 45, maybe even close to 50. There's no limit for, 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 from what uh, Justo Villar told me uh, on this pre-list, uh, on this reserve list, uh, and they need to cut it eventually so we know what what to expect uh, on, on the on the next matches that are coming up.
0: No, it's certainly going to be a very interesting uh, scenario with everything that's going on. I think we do see some great names that obviously we're familiar of. Um, I think it shows that Benizo, I remember listening to a seminar he did, that he has a player pool of 150 players from all around the world, not just in, in certain different leagues, but also including Paraguay. So certainly there is talent that is out there. Um, you know, Ralph, going to you uh, quickly on all this, I mean, you know, what are your impressions, uh, quick impressions of the, of the list and, you know, any surprises and, you know, even if we have to say, who do you think does stay on this list if you had to choose? It's a huge list, so I mean in terms of surprises that people left out, there's none because pretty much everybody, we, we expected he
2: could cool up or in there. Um, I think some of the players that, that surprised me more are some of the older guys that we thought, you know, maybe maybe they played their way out of contention. I don't know, like Hernan Perez or maybe Eturbe, um, Also, uh, Santander has been called up. And these are players that he's already tried. And you thought, okay, maybe Barriso is thinking is thinking of the new blood, some of the players that Fede's talking about. But he's also called up these guys. Um, so I think what gets really interesting is when they do have to start cutting down the list. Which way he decides to go? Does he go more for experience? Because of course these are difficult games, and uh, you know, you need you need some of that. We say "manía" in Spanish, but you know you need some of that that knowledge to be able to play these games. Or does he want to go for the newer players that, that he thinks can make an impression? Another really interesting thing is a lot of these players haven't played recently because of because of the pandemic or because of injuries. There's a lot of players in here that, that I haven't seen play recently. I mean, you have you have Robert Rojas uh, at Riva. Uh, Riva played their first game in six months last night, which, which uh, we'll talk more about Libertadores, but they were one of those teams from Argentina that returned. Um, Players like Pilis Damota, I mean, he hasn't played for, for a long time. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see because, if, you know, can he trust some of these players that don't have that much rhythm, let's say, and haven't been playing in the last couple of months. But I think it's very it's, it's exciting and I think it was nice for everybody to see this huge list and think of, wow, that's all the talent that we do have that we're able to take to the to the qualifiers.
1: You know, Ralph Roberto, I, I think uh, there's a message behind this list also from Barizo's side. You know, uh, yeah, I think it's an uh, it's an alarm for the young players like like Eddie Lopez, like that's not playing. I, I think he wasn't waiting for to be on this list particularly. Blas Armoa, he, he left Paraguay playing for for Luqueño. He 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 never got called up. They they've done the the, the trail from from being uh, on the young teams of of the nationals, but. But I think mainly it's it's an alarm. It's hey guys, you're you're on the radar, we're following you, eventually you're gonna get a call up. I, I think that's the message behind this long list. Obviously they have to present a long list due to, to the pandemic, but there's a message behind it all.
0: I agree. I think there is a big message. Um certainly you know, we're not obviously gonna see all of these players come to Paraguay and obviously go to the game in, in Venezuela. But yeah, I mean this is certainly a, a good thing for to, to show that, you know, we have the the confidence in you, that we can trust you for future games, be it other World Cup qualifiers, Copa Americas, whatever it may be. And obviously it all has to depend on how they do on their clubs. Um, so Maria, going into this yeah. real quick, uh, you know, a lot of youth that we see on the squad, you know, a lot of players that, you know, are in their early 20s, mid 20s. I mean, and and that's kind of the important thing that this Paraguay list um, just springs out to you really is the amount of you right. but also i think the the amount of firepower on the attack if, if i see the list properly i think the there are more forwards than all the other positions uh, on this list
3: yeah and um like i said uh, last week hi by the way i haven't said hi yet but um i said last week that we really have to focus more in the in the youth and I think that's what Berizzo is looking into, and I applaud him for that. Um, I love the fact that he's uh, looking into not just um, not like Paraguayan uh, players, but also naturalized Paraguayans, um, are, you know, players that become um, citizens of Paraguay. So that's the good thing uh, that that I like. Um, I think that he's going to have a tough time deciding between all of these guys because they're equally uh, talented. So, um, but my guess would be that he should focus more into the, the youth, give it a try, especially for the first few uh, matches that we have, see what, what works best. And um, yeah, and I look forward to it. I'm super excited for all these games. I really hope that he chooses... Um, Uh, the 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 newer the newer guys uh, give 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 them a chance and and see where it goes
0: absolutely I mean we're almost we're literally 20 days away from that first game against against Peru and certainly all the expectations are starting to come up for for Paraguay fans you know how it is the famous uh, feeling that when when it's game time and it's the actual game day it's like people are excited to see the the national team back so obviously this is going to be something that we'll be following for quite some time, but we'll, we'll just see how it goes. But certainly let's go into what's been going on in Paraguay and go to you, Ralph, about everything that's been going on with the new leaders. Um, the new leaders in, in Cerro Porteño certainly very, very close to the finish line to win the league title, something that was perhaps unthinkable a couple months ago. They turned it around and and are right there. You know, they need one more game to, to be champions. And obviously, secured that title for, for Arze, um obviously, who was a, a manager at of Horteño and has done very well uh, in the past mm-hmm. as well. You know, talk about what's been going on and how did they do it? How did they turn it around so quickly in such a short amount of time? Sure. It's well, it's, it, it's historic, but so
2: much history repeats itself at the same time. And by the way, I'm also getting excited for this weekend. If you can see that, Fedeh.
3: I'm english so I get to choose my team here. Yeah, I don't get in trouble. Um,
2: love it, love it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the, this setup of protein, I mean, they're a team that's really benefited from the break because Chikiase came back. He took over in January. They had a, a pretty rocky start, um, not doing particularly well in the league. They got knocked out in the qualifying for the uh, for the Libertadores, and it was in a position where maybe around February. You could have thought that the Chiquiase doesn't even last the whole season. Then comes a the pandemic, and after the break, they started streaming to their a, a few results. They weren't playing, I wouldn't say they were playing amazing football, but they were playing the kind of winning football. And then these results keep going, keep going, keep going, and now suddenly they've won 11 games in a row, which, which nobody has ever done before. Or is it 12 now, after Nacional? Oh, yeah. We're 11 or 12. I mean, it's, they're not stopping. Um, and what you've seen is, I mean, Chiquiás has done exactly the same thing he did back in 2013 when he actually won the league unbeaten uh, with, with Porteño, which is they started badly. They got knocked out of the, the tournament at that time, the international tournament, which was the Sudamericana in that, in that case. But then they got the confidence, they built up, they built up, and they were unbeaten and they won the league. And they're on this kind of run again, where they have that feeling of invincibility. Chiquiarte has this great knack of motivating players, but also getting the best out of young players. So he's brought in people like uh, like uh, Duarte, the the central defender who's twenty years old and's been amazing. Cerro have one of the best defenses in the league. Um, then he's used his his veterans like uh, Churin, who was actually top scorer the last time Cerro won the, the league, which is going back to 2017, um, and he's got players like they signed Claudio aquino who was at uh, Guarani, who's been playing really well for these last few games. He scored the penalty this uh, this midweek. They gave them a hard fought one-nil win over of a Nacional. They have young players like Viasanti, who's actually his captain, even though he's a uh, he's very young. Um, and he's kind of in the middle. They signed Pica Luceno, who was, who was at Libertad, who's who's got a lot of experience here in, in Paraguay. A very talented technical central midfielder. And he's got all these players together and he's managed to get them to play the football he wants, which is a lot of possession, kind of almost drowning out the opposition, that they'll keep the ball and they'll play patiently and then they'll, then they'll usually win one, one zero or 2-0. A lot of games they won, I think at one point on this stretch, they won like four games in a row, just 1-0. So that's the kind of football he's playing. He's very winning, uh, results driven, And but this is very typical of Chiquiace. Um, and it's a good moment for Paraguay in the sense that you had Olimpia win the last four titles. That was all under Garnero, who's from Argentina. You've had previously the last, uh, Coach to be Porteño was Leonel Alvarez, who's from Colombia. Uh, before them, the in Libertad it was uh who's Spanish, who won the league. So this is actually the first Paraguayan coach who's who's set to win the local league since uh Tiburon Torres, who who won it back with uh, back, I don't know when now, 2015, I guess. So it's been like five years since. Since you've had a Paraguay win the lead, and remember, for those people that are watching, that aren't so familiar, five years is actually ten seasons because they played two seasons per per year. You play the apertura, which would usually have finished by now, but this is the one we're finishing now, and then the clausura, which is the last short tournament of the year. But yeah, I think it's been it's been very exciting. I know you're a, you're a fan too, Roberto, so you you can tell me if if uh, I've missed out any of the players that have been starring so far.
0: No, I think it's been. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm very happy to see them finally win the league uh, after quite some time. um I, I agree. I, I think this side really. You know, many people thought, and, and obviously, I think as all of us know, for Cedro fans, you know, obviously want to do well and win the league as well. But obviously, they were in the Copa Libertadores. They got bounced out really early against uh, Barcelona de Guayaquil and I think um, that helped them. I think that helped them. And I remember, I think Chudin was giving an interview where he was on the, on the verge of tears after that elimination saying that, you know, we have to do better. Like we absolutely have to, to um, show our faces and, and absolutely do what we need to do in, in other competitions. And certainly a pandemic probably helped them in another way, but it, it helped them find them, find that, that identity that they needed. I mean, you know, 11 straight is, is incredible for paraguayan football and, and obviously, I think it, it, it gives a bit of redemption to Chigiarza. You know, I think a, a manager that had gotten a lot of stick in the past. I mean, obviously, we know what he's done at club level for for various uh, teams as a coach. But you know, obviously, he had two stints on the national team that didn't do well. Uh, obviously, was the coach uh, when they got eliminated in the last game against Venezuela to not make the World Cup in 2018. So yeah, this has been quite a a, a good story you would say for set of and you know like you said Ralph, i think there's a lot of interesting players that are coming out as well some players who perhaps could be on that list uh by maybe so in, in a couple days so we just have to wait and see what happens i mean fede you know you're based over there in paraguay you know how's the vibe been over there uh with possibly set up just close to winning their um, their league title
1: yeah, this can't slip from their hands. I believe you know that they got it right there. The streak—it's amazing. It's a—it's a historical streak. Uh, I think nobody was waiting for this on on Cerro Porteño, but we know Chiquiarza's work. He's shown it before, like you said, it on Rubio New. He did it with Olympia. He had already done it with Cerro Porteño. They didn't back him up in that time when he was in Cerro Porteño. That's why he left. He—he he, he didn't get everything he wanted in the club. He—he. He, they didn't hear him as much as i believe they're hearing him now uh, it was a really bad year for for Cerro porteño they were talking more about uh, getting the sapag out of uh, out of their chair uh, he they the kind of tired of, of this president of these two presidents actually because the are brothers and now it's the, the second brother uh, having his 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 time on the throne but uh, they were talking more about that, you know. The fans were talking about more of a change in the club than the actual team, than the actual football, than the actual game. And said I think, gave them that back, you know, some identity, uh, um, this, the, and the winning streak, uh, the confidence. To, uh, you know, like Ralph said, on the on the games, they've shown this 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 very calm uh, way of 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 being on, on the on the games. They, they've gotten the the, the matches out mainly with there was a lot of games just one zero uh they, they didn't have so much uh, but but they but they did they've done the job and they've gotten through and i and i think they're right there you know uh, we'll, we'll see what the next step is for this team because they have a young team uh but 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 i, I think everything needs to go to 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 he's done a great job the, and the, the, he's got healthy players. One of the biggest issues for this Cerro Porteño last year is that every week, every game, they had a new injured player. They, they had to wait two or three games, even months for some players. Some are just coming back now, uh, but they have to. But they have to wait their, their their space. They have to wait for their spot because the the, the, the guys that are playing. They, they've taken advantage of that, and, and they're on their way to, a, to another championship. Maybe when somebody sees this, they're already champions because they really deserve it. And, and I believe nobody has been up there. Libertad had everything to, to come back from this pandemic and be champions. Olympia had everything. He, they had the matches directly with, with, with Guarani. They had to match directly with, with the Classico with, with Cerro Porteño. They, they couldn't do it. And, and Cerro Porteño has done everything that nobody else did win so much games it's just been enough for them and they're right there they have a i believe they have one hand on the on on that trophy already
3: i just wanted to to ask you guys um either of you guys uh you speak of cheeky uh Arce, what do you think it made it like why do you think he succeeded with cerro so much uh, and not with with the national team what what was something that he did different that that maybe Veriso can look into and, and and maybe not repeat the mistakes that, that, that Chiki did. I don't know who wants to respond though, but <laughs> I, th- I think one of the I, I interviewed
2: Chiquiase when he took the job the first time for the national team. Um so actually I think one of his first English English language I translated it, interviews was was back then. And what he said was, I wanna learn from Brazil, I wanna play like I used to with Grêmio. I wanted to have lots of possession, which is a style basically that is not typically Paraguayan for the national team. Right, they rely on, on set pieces in, in Paraguay. They say centro y gol, so like cross header goal, uh, that very typical rugged style. And I think what he found is he didn't he didn't have the time or the continuity with players because at the international level you don't you don't get the players for as long that he couldn't instill some of that some of that um, style that he wanted. And what I always remember with with the Paraguay of the that, that comes to mind is it was in transition when they lost the ball, they were so disorganized and that that killed them. I remember one game against Peru with, uh, when Peru won like 4-1 and Gareca's team were just like bang, bang in transitions. And you can think that stability, that defensive stability he didn't have because he didn't have continuity. And that's what he got, he gets with the clubs. That's...
0: That's at least my opinion. I don't know what, what the other guys think. I'll, I'll go. No, I agree. I think, um, you know, you, you bring up a good point, Ralph. I think when you're a club coach and when you're a manager at a national team, it's a completely different game. Even, I mean, look at Edizo. I mean, obviously he was a coach at uh, in Argentina and Chile and Spain, and now this is his first ever national team job. And And certainly I think a lot of expectations are given and, and yeah, I think when you don't have those amount of players for for a long time, um, as opposed to a day by day as a club coach, it, it varies. And and I, I think pressure obviously gives uh, a bit of of a disadvantage for him. I think obviously when you're the coach of a national team, it's completely different than coaching Olimpia or Cerro or wherever it may be. So that, that that that's probably why it's acted a bit differently. I mean it's so tough, I think, to, to manage a national team. And obviously, Berisso is, is starting to understand that a little bit. But I think for Chiki, I think it's just the case of, you know, maybe he's, he's good at working with you and, and working with those names that he can trust and, and just focusing on that and building like a sort of sort of base of, of players. Um, you know, I, I, think, um, I think obviously his reputation is obviously mixed because of what he's done. For Paraguay and obviously at his clubs, but um, you know, I don't know what Fede thinks as well. I, I think he, I think he could be a bit underappreciated. Really, I think he, I think for what he's done over the course of his managerial career, you have to earn some sort of respect, at least at the club level. National team level, I mean, it's that's different, but at the club level, you have to you have to understand that he he's done quite well for my, majority of the teams that he's been at.
1: Yeah, he deserves more credit, I believe. Uh, just like you're saying, Roberto, uh, he. he... I think people need to applaud him more because he's shown that in these last couple of years, in these last years here in Paraguay, there's no coach like him uh, in titles, Parawines, at least Ralph was talking about Garnelo. What he's done with Olympia, he unstoppable, uh, winning and winning championships lately. Somebody had to stop him, and I think there was nobody else but Chiqui Arce. Really, Cerro Porteño needed to bring him back because he was the last successful uh, coach. Uh, things didn't go good, well with 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 that Colombian Alvarez uh, after he was champion. Uh, there was there, there was a fire with the. With, with the president with zapak that's that's the only reason that, that he didn't stay something something similar happened with Chiquiarce after he was champion also with cerro porteño that's why i was talking about about that about hearing uh, chiqui Arce's advice about about listening to one of the best coaches i think paraguay has and uh, national team wise uh, i think he just he, he, he just didn't get it. He was so close, you know. He he, he was so close to, to, to going to the, the World Cup. He would have been a hero. Uh, instead, the other thing happened, and, and and a lot of people hit him for that, for not taking the, 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 the national team to the last two World Cups. That's going to be on his shoulders the rest of his career. But I think he's made for clubs. I think he's, he, he's going to do great. I think he, after this championship, after this time in Cerro Porteño, I think he needs to get out of Paraguay. He's done. He went to a, he went to 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 the to the Middle East for a couple of months. It, it wasn't a good experience, uh, but but I'm I think he's he's cut out for that. We, we have other coaches that are that are in Colombia. We have coaches that are are in Chile, but but I but I think Chiquiarse has everything to to get out of Paraguay and, and be one of those guys that that, that takes the, the flag with him and and shows the way for, for the young coaches that are appearing also here in, in Paraguay.
0: Well, speaking of clubs that are playing abroad, I think it's a perfect segue to our next segment. And Maria can help us with that one. Uh, The Copa Lira is back. I mean, certainly it is a different form of Copa Lira You know, no fans, but obviously we still see some of the crazy things that we saw before we obviously get into the Paraguayan teams. I mean, we have to talk about some of the golazos that we've been seeing from all the different teams, you know, teams like Palmeiras and teams like. Uh, junior in Colombia and, and Independiente de Valles smashing the reigning champions Flamengo 5-0 uh, yesterday as we record um, but for the Paraguayan clubs it's, it's been different I mean three different results for three different teams uh, Maria we'll start with Olympia obviously who played first the team that you're closely with got a nil no mm-hmm. draw against Santos at Villa Bermido. Um, you would say it is a positive result um, for many people I would say especially how tight that group has been so I just want your impressions on on that nil no, nil no draw against Santos.
3: Yeah, it was um it was a tough one. I think they did the best they could. Um especially getting a point away from from home and, um against this great team like Santos. Uh they started very well. They started very organized. Uh they played a very attacking football. Uh unfortunately Roque was subbed out. He was injured but I don't think um, he was missed too much. I think, um, you know, I, he was actually uh, sucked by uh, Pita. So, you know, I think that was uh, his great chance for him to show what he actually has. And he showed well, he had a couple of uh, chances. And, uh, you know, I just wish they would have kept that momentum right after the second, uh, the second half. But I, overall, I believe they they did well. Um, I think uh, sitting in second in in the second place of this group, uh, it, it's, it's not a bad thing. They're still gonna go through, but they have to put more effort into their next game so that they can actually uh, get to the next stage of the Copa Libertadores. But overall, I thought they were great. Um, like I said, I just wish they would have kept their their momentum and and their push to get at least a goal and get some goal difference later on that could maybe hurt them in the long run.
0: Well, certainly they have one more game that probably might be the most vital one if they do want to qualify. It's against their direct rival, Defensa Justicia, who had won 3-0 over Delphine the other day. Um, you know, would you say that you feel confident in Olympia getting the result needed to qualify to the next stage?
3: Like I said, I, I, I think them sitting in, in, in second place is pretty good. Uh, Delphine, I believe, is in fourth place right now. Um, so I think they're 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 good. And and if Roque comes back, I'm not sure how his injury is right now. But if he comes back and and he does like what he he's been doing, they could have a chance. But again, Vitas there um, and their defense as well has been uh, tremendous. Uh, a bunch of saves from from the from the goalkeeper as well, which helped them a lot. And um, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm confident.
1: Roberto, keep in mind that there was a change in the goalkeeper position. Aguilar lost his place after that that match against Cerro Porteño, the Superclásico, where he where he had a lot of where he had he had to work a lot and he was and he was kind of criticized also for, for, for some for some plays. He hasn't played up to the standards. He's a national team player, but he lost his spot to Ascona. Ascona is is a player, I believe, a goalkeeper made also for Copa Libertadores. He's He's had a great run uh, previously with Independiente del Valle uh, playing this cup uh, also. But we'll have to see what happens with Olympia. There's there's rumors that this that, that this squad is going to be... That there's a lot of players that are going to come out of the squad. There's already one of them. Pudess is out of this team. They've already told them you're not going to play anymore for, for us. And a lot of people are talking about how old this squad is. You, you look at the ages of the guys and you don't find a lot of young players. And you see what the couple Libertadores is offering and it's a fast game it's an athletic game and I don't know if Olympia has that so there's a lot of criticism also to to Olympia and the effects of the pandemic right Olympia is one of the teams here in Paraguay that invest the most to have a great squad and they're, they're losing a lot of money this year with people not going to their games with people not buying their jerseys that they're kind of feeling that financial issue now so, so we'll see what happens with the squad if they if they start losing players that, that could affect their game also
0: definitely I think it's um, very important to obviously recognize Olympia for how good they've been and you know I think losing that lead in the league also kind of helped as well and you know, I think they're all trying to focus on what's going on uh, in the Copa Libertadores. So, obviously, now must-wins for, for them in their next game. Uh, Libertad, going into Libertad, a lot of controversy before this game. Uh, as we know, their rival, Boca Juniors, uh, came to the country to, to play, despite having a lot of players who had tested positive for COVID-19. Um, and eventually, Comebol and the Paraguayan government allowed them to come in because of recent uh, negative tests. So, you know, Maria, going into this real quick, two in no loss for the mm-hmm. for Lirata, their first loss at the group. But I, I think, you know, obviously winning the first two against Independiente Medellin and then against Caracas, you know, obviously Caracas is their next rival. I think they're still also in a good position to qualify. And, and certainly that game against uh, the Venezuelans will probably be the, be the one that could secure them uh, into the next uh, stage of the Copa de
3: yeah, I I think so too. uh Caracas. I'm not sure. I haven't followed them too much, but I I have confidence too that, that that they'll get the job done. But I just wish they would have won or at least tied this game with Boca because all that drama and then to to go ahead and lose at home, you know, against them. But what can you do? It's Boca Juniors. You know, they're they're one of the biggest clubs in the world right now. So um, I thought it was a little messy. Their, their football was a little messy. Um, I didn't see a lot of effort coming, uh, n- not a lot of chances. It was very um, everywhere, very disorganized. Um, Tito Villalba um, was, was there. I, he put a little bit of effort, a little bit. I see you, Fede. <laughs> but um, he had a couple of chances that I thought could have made uh, Better, but he did end up just fading into the background and 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 not putting uh, all, all all that he could have put. Um, Taquara also just you know I, I want to say a C a C minus in 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 my report. Um, so, um, but other than that, uh, like you said, sitting uh, uh, also in the second place of of the group gives them a a, a good advantage and. Um, Maybe they'll get through. Well, for sure, they'll get through against uh, Caracas.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, no, Ralph, go, go ahead. You wanted to say something? Yeah, I
2: just, I, I thought that Ramon Diaz made a mistake. Uh, I think it was half time when he took off. I think it was Bogarin for Barreiro, for uh, Antonio Barreiro. And I was thinking, really, the change he needed was either Sebastian Pereira or Oscar Cardoso, like, like Maria's talking about, because what they really did, they really like there is by having those two strikers that want to play more central and they weren't able to find Bogarino or Viado very often with the ball. They kind of needed that third person in midfield, that third body to and then try and, to, to, to create some link up play because, like Maria was saying, it was like it was a messy game, they were disorganized. And I felt maybe if Ramon went for the easy, like for like substitution by taking a Bogarino for Barreiro. But I would have gone for, you know, I would have gone for adding that and taking off one of those two strikers because they were, they were hardly seeing the ball. And it was a real shame for Sebastian Ferreira, who for me is a very good striker, but he just, he just wasn't seeing the ball. Um, And for Bokeh it was incredible that they, that they were able to play after six months of not playing, and they were playing at this intensity and this kind of rhythm that that Libertad couldn't match, which you would have expected it to be the other way around, almost. Um, and just a quick thing about that game, which was played in Cerro Stadium, it was a nice revenge for the Boca coach Miguel Angel Russo, because he was actually sacked by Cerro Porteño a, a couple of years back, and he lost. I remember he, towards the end of that run, he had lost the Libertad, so he got some some nice revenge, I guess, with that result.
0: That's definitely a deserved gold um, for Miguel Angel Russo to get that win. But I think we have to talk about the only positive. Uh, result for the Paraguayans. Uh, and that's from need you know, playing at 10 p.m. I don't know why they would do such a game that late, but uh, it took a while. I mean, they, they were losing to Tigre uh, in the, early in the first half, but they've come back winning 4-1 on the day uh, at the Defensor de so Chaco. Great performance, I think, from uh, players that we had mentioned in our last week's show, from Rodney Redes, who got the assist for the first goal, and from Cecilio Dominguez making his debut, you know, playing only, I think, 30 minutes or something like that, but ended up winning a penalty and, and scoring his penalty and, and helped what get a four, one result positive result for what Maria and for them to, to, that puts them in a good position to also qualify uh, to the next round.
3: Yeah, definitely. I, first of all, it was such a tough one for me to watch <laughs> because I was already by 10 o'clock. I was already, you know, going to bed, but, <laughs> but I made it through. I made it all the way to 12 a.m. But, um, it started off, I think, a little too slow. Um, they did hit a, a little bit of a bump at the beginning with the with the Tigre goal uh, w- within the first ten minutes, and and I was like, "Oh, really? Oh, this is going to be another blowout." But they ended up doing the blowout with four goals. I loved the 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 pace that they were that they were playing with. Um, Cecilio, he had a good performance. I I uh, I think for being his first with with Guarani and being subbed in. So I think he has a lot of potential. uh, He needs to to... get in shape. Yes. Thank you, Fede. I was just about to make that point because I noticed that he is a little bit out of shape, and I think that's a little bit worrisome because considering the MLS um, standards that players have, I don't know if he should be getting more into fitness or if what I need should put more into more of an effort to, to condition him. And I don't know, maybe Fed that you can talk about it a little more, but I, I did, I did say that and thank you for pointing that out. So.
1: You know, I heard Gustavo Costas on on the, uh, before the game uh, on the preview and he said Cecilio can only do 30, 25 minutes for now. He's not ready for 90 minutes. And we saw that, but we also saw, the, the talent we also saw how intelligent he is with, with the ball on his feet they put him w- when the when he we do ju- when he just got in the game they, they put him on the left side wide open and he wasn't comfortable there he, he made a couple of changes on positions with merlini a, a very talented creative player also which I think they're going to be really good partners in, in this team uh, with Redes I think he can also do uh, g- good things but but Cecilio needs to get in shape he, he needs to hit the gym he needs to start running he, he needs to be the best <laughs> Cecilio he can on these six months uh, really uh, make a statement out of this uh, leave something give something back to what I need. That, that that's going to be his house for the next 6 months and he needs to live what I need uh, 100% for for what's coming for him for Austin FC that's waiting for him I I, I was I was looking last night also uh, during the game uh, w- the, the feedback what everybody was talking about uh, from in in Austin about him they were following him they they wanted to see how how Cecilio's game was going to be and Cecilio was called up to the challenge and he showed what he's capable of he, he the, they, they made a penalty on him. He made a lot of plays. He, he, he hasn't played, played or practiced with the, with these, with his teammates a lot, but he showed uh, s- uh, some capacity that, that I think he, he, this is just the start of him uh, as a Guarani player and as Guarani advances, as Guarani moves forward on, on this competition Copa Libertadores, I think we're going to see a Cecilio bringing more and more to this team.
0: Definitely. And, uh, and uh, of course, you know, Who's to say that he can't get called up to the national team? I mean, certainly he's already had his experience in the past and hopefully that if Berizzo understands that, you know, maybe he's not at, at his shape that maybe it'll make sense that he's not going to call him up. But, you know, who's to say that maybe he gets an opportunity in, in November if, if he continues his his fine form. So we'll, we'll definitely have to wait and see what occurs. Um, yeah, Ralph, you wanted to say, say something? to
2: they did this 4-1 win without Romadilla. So that's a very good sign for them that one of their their best strikers wasn't
0: available and they still managed to score four goals. So I think they're looking very comfortable for for qualifying for the next round. Definitely, definitely. And obviously, you know, I guess we'll go full circle and and, and, and talk of our final segment. Obviously, we need to talk about the players that have been playing abroad in Paraguay, um, have already started playing. Uh, in their leagues. Uh, I think the ones that we have to mention firstly is what's going on in Europe. Uh, two players who started their seasons in the Premier League, Miguel Almiron at Newcastle um, United and Fabian Balbuena at West Ham United. Uh, Almiron obviously played the the game, the first game against uh, West Ham, obviously the team that <laughs> Balbuena plays for. Wasn't the starter in the game, but came in within the last five minutes and gave an assist to the second goal, which obviously ended up winning 2-0 and then they headed off to play in the EFL Cup where he was a starter and gave a, a great assist I would say on the first goal uh, for Newcastle and, and you know I think that's important for him I think it's important for him to to get that kind of form I think we understand that he is and we talked about it last week where he is that that diamond that we have on the national team the one that has to be the star player and when he's doing performances like that I think that brings a, a lot of confidence for, for a lot of Paraguay fans. I mean, Ralph, you know, with him and obviously Balbuena getting the the armband at uh, at West Ham, you uh, we know, we, we mentioned that he's not really getting as much playing time. But, you know, to see him getting the armband as well certainly shows that there's something that maybe David Moyes wants to do with him.
2: Yeah, that's right. I thought it was it was very exciting to see Balbuena captain the, the side because, I we, we were talking about this in, What's, in the WhatsApp group. I think uh, Antolin Alcaraz, when he was at Wigan, was probably the only other Paraguay player that's been captain in England. Uh, and I, it's, I don't know, maybe it's a double-edged sword because, in one sense, it's saying, okay, you're the, you're the best I have of the second group of players, maybe the reserves, because usually the, the EFL Cup, the League Cup, uh, is kind of almost a, a tournament for reserves and for, for maybe the, the younger players. Um, but it might be a signal to say, hey, I left you out against Newcastle, but I still have faith in you. Stick with it and you'll be back in the team. Um, and I think Balbueno is a huge professional. I mean, uh, we saw him in in Corinthians. He's he's really a, a top player. He's, he's a player you could really rely on in terms of mentality and having that professionalism to, to sit out some time on the bench, but still be motivated and ready to come back. Um, so let's hope that this being captain of the of the cup team, let's say, um, can give him some some kind of minutes in, in the Premier League.
3: I just wanted to jump on, on Miguel Almiron again because I, I did read that after the game um he uh, the the coach uh, Steve Bruce was questioned as to why did, did you leave uh, Miguel Almiron as a sub and and not put him in the starter and he actually uh, said that his strategy that was that he needed to find the players that were strong enough to go against uh, West Ham. Um, sorry. And and then, you know, he, he 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 wanted to try it out and test it out who will be uh, the best one. And then he saw that the, the team was struggling a little bit. And then he said, OK, it's now it's time for Amir to go in and he actually delivered. So I think it was a good strategy. I don't think that he's going to be left out um, like many people feared. So I, I, I just think that, that Steve Bruce shows that he's still confident in him, and, and uh, that's a good sign because you need to have uh, your managers be confident in you and trust you.
1: Steve Bruce needs to be thankful that Almeyron didn't leave this club. He, he had everything to leave. They don't have, they don't have a team. For Almiron, Almiron is too much for Newcastle. We saw that all season last year and they need to build a, a team around him. I think Steve Bruce wanted to see how the team does without Almiron because we, are, we already know what Almiron brings to Newcastle. I think he just wanted to see what happens if we don't have Almiron because every time Almiron is on the pitch, uh, Newcastle is a competitive team. Without Almiron, Newcastle is just a plain team, 13th in the last two seasons. And with Almiron they they, they went a couple more, more games last year, last season actually, but but they haven't they haven't gone up. They haven't taken that step forward uh that, that Miguel uh, wants, that his family also wants because because I've even heard an interview about Almiron's dad saying uh, we were expecting Newcastle to start building a huge team. We were expecting Newcastle to bring in more players, but Almirón for now is the star, and nobody even gets close to to what he brings to the club. I'm, that's what I think. And that's, that's leaving this jersey out of out of the discussion. Oh, huh?
3: well, maybe maybe that's a chance for for Almirón to start looking into other other clubs and and having his agents you know, telling, telling him, hey, you know, Newcastle's not as good as I want it to be, and I think I've outgrown it, so, you know, maybe it's the chance now to move up.
0: I, I agree. I think a lot of people um, in Newcastle really admire uh, Miki, um, the next thing that he has. I think he's a player that, you know, like I said, I think is super important to the team. I think, you know, watching some of the games that maybe he hasn't played. This was last season, and even in this game as well, um, where they struggled, and there's not just that. There's no one that's coming in, and and Miguel just has that kind of pace and energy, you know, to to go forward and to come back as well, um, playing as a midfielder, and, and and it really has helped that team. I mean, I, I obviously being top goal scorer is um, is a big reward for him last season, and again, like I said, I think similar to what he is in Paraguay and what he probably will be at Newcastle is. He is that he is that important player. He is that central piece. So we have to wait and see how he does heading into the world Cup qualifyings. Um, but obviously, I think we also need to, to mention it to close it out here uh, in another great discussion, guys. Is the the players that we've been seeing in, in Mexico. You know, obviously we see a lot of players that were called up by Beriso who are playing in Mexico. You know, Dario Lescano scoring a lot of goals um, for, for Juarez. Uh, we, we obviously see other players that have been getting minutes like uh, Junior Alonso, Atlético Mineiro, Fabian um, sorry, Gustavo Gomez captaining the the Palmeiras team in that win um, in the Copa Libertadores. Uh, you know, we see uh Alamaredo as well scoring in, in Turkey. Uh, and there's Cuba also scoring uh, for Nimes uh, in in Liga. I mean, it's it's promising to say the least. I think we 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 like to see how some of these players are, are performing well and you know, again, it's going to be that big discussion of, of, like, who is going to start? I mean, we kind of probably have an idea. We don't want to go into, like, our predicted lineups. But knowing what we've been seeing in terms of form for some of these players, it gives us a good idea uh, of what can happen. I mean, I don't know what you guys think um, about all this. I
2: mean, Daniel is on He's a Five goals in his last six games, four and four. I think he's been captain of Juarez the last two games, and he's a player that he did a similar thing when he got his first call-ups to the Paraguay national team. At the time, he was playing in I think in Switzerland, or maybe he just moved to the Bundesliga. Um, but he came in and he and he scored some really important goals for, for Paraguay. I, mean, I think an equalizer, or maybe even a double in Ecuador, and he scored another another important goal. And then his, maybe his career kind of didn't kick on from Bundesliga, as, as he would have hoped, as Ingushberg as, got relegated. He's over in Mexico now. But he's found that confidence again, and he's found that form. And he's a really tricky player to defend against. So I think that could be that could be somebody that's, that's of interest for, for Bariso if he's going based on form. Like we were saying earlier, there's a lot of players that haven't played at all. So he's so maybe he wants to go with them just because of experience and history. But if he's looking at form, then I think Lescano is one of those players. He's doing really well in Mexico.
0: Definitely, definitely. I mean, what do you guys think as well of the, of the form that's been going on for these players?
3: Um, I guess I, I I think that like I said earlier. Beriso is going to have a, a tough time to decide between all the players that 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 he has but it's a good thing and i think it, it it's a it it shows that we have a bright future so i, I i'm excited and i'm optimistic
1: <laughs> Well, i actually think we have a goalkeeper we have a defense uh there's some spots in the midfield that uh, we i i think nobody has has gotten the, those, those places still. We, we talked last time about the defense in midfield. I, I think there's a spot open there. Uh, Offensive-wise, well, Almirón, uh, Derlis González—he's one of the players that's played the most uh, on this national team since Berisso came in. He's actually one of our best players, also. Uh, I, I think a lot of people here in, in Paraguay don't don't give uh, Derlis González all the credit he deserves on the national team. He's done a great career there. He, he always he, he always appears on, on big on big games. He's always there. Uh, he, he's an experienced player. Uh, Uh, right now on the squad. And I think he, I think Bariso's big problem is the striker. You know he, he's tried with so many he he tried with Taquara Cardoso he tried with Federico Santander he tried with Tony Sanabria now he's trying with Lescano he, he, he there's some new ones on this on this list that he presented now so I think that we need to find the striker we need to find the the guy that's that's scoring a lot of goals we need to find the guy that that the soft solution and we need to find different uh, characteristics of players also you know because uh, Tony Sanabria is one kind of player he's he's an uh, he, he's elegant with the ball. He he, he, he likes to play w- uh, with the ball on his feet. But but he he looks like a European player. He he doesn't look like a South American player. And, and sometimes yeah. we, we see that on, on the games. And, and and he doesn't he doesn't comprehend very well with with, with some of his teammates. Uh, and that that's where uh, Barisa needs to work on finding two or three different strikers that work for him that that give him the goal with. with 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 not many chances because we have to be realistic. Paraguay is not a team that's going to have 10, 15 chances in front of the goal in the matches that are coming up for the qualifications. We have one or two chances. And I think Lescano is the best one for for that kind of work because, you know, he's a fighter. He likes to go up against the defenders. He, he likes to get physical. He likes to bounce around there. And that's how he makes his plays. That's how he... he he, that's how he makes his 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 goals and but there's a lot the, the, the list is long you, you can go with Carlos Gonzalez also that's making goals in Mexico you can go with Luis amarilla uh, that, that's very young and now it's in Minnesota you can give the confidence to one of the young ones also I, I think it's it's it's, it's on beris's mind uh, uh, what he's gonna do with the striker if it's gonna be just one striker if he's gonna play sometimes with two of them together uh, that that's something we haven't seen also and that I love to see like, I, I'm, I'm with Maria on that one. I love to see a, a national team that's more offensive. That, that, that on the players, on the names, it's already offensive when you when you see the list. Uh, hopefully, Berizzo. Uh, now that he, now that he's worked some time with them, maybe he'll he'll take he'll take the risk sometime.
0: I think obviously in the next three weeks we will obviously figure out what's been going on with all of these players. And yeah, I mean obviously we obviously have to talk about what's going on in Colombia, authorities and players abroad, but ultimately it's, it's getting there. It's almost there guys. I, I can't believe it. We're actually going to almost talk about the world cup qualifier starting. It, it, it's, it feels like so long. So obviously we're obviously going to talk about this in future episodes, but uh, yeah, guys, thank you again for, for joining us. Uh, obviously an, another great episode. Uh, obviously we have a lot to talk about within the next few weeks. So certainly be sure to, to check it out that and check out what's going on there uh, before we, we let you go. Let's, uh, Ask, tell everyone where you can find us on social media, obviously also a little plug to make sure to like subscribe comment. any sort of comments that we need is greatly appreciated. Follow us, of course, on Twitter at what any vision where we'll obviously publish the shows. Uh, and without further ado, you know, guys, uh, we can call it call it a night. Uh, Rob firstly, where can people find you to to uh, talk about anything that's going on in the world. I mean, the Miami heat are, are almost there. To the chagrin of me, uh, they're almost there to the NBA Finals. <laughs> it's
2: a, yeah, it's been a good week for my team, Cesar Cerro Miami. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm on Twitter, at I don't know if you can see it on the recording, but it's there. Uh, also on Instagram. And yeah, I mean, guys, ask us questions, things you'd like to hear about, topics we're not covering. Your opinions. We'll give you a shout out on here. I mean, we're, we're really interested to know what people are excited in. And, and thanks to everybody that listened or, or watched the first episode. We got some great feedback. So we're really happy to, to be, keep doing this and keep bringing this content for you guys.
0: Excellent stuff, Maria. I mean, I'm sure you like at de Bayo, but maybe I, I hope the Celtics win that series. I really want them to see them back. You've already seen your team won. NBA championships I haven't seen my team win in 12 years so um please give us a chance and, and win this, this series <laughs> but uh, Maria where can people find you
3: I uh, Roberto sorry I think you're uh, telling the wrong person to 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 have the Celtics win <laughs> I don't think it depends on me but anyways I uh you can you guys can find me on on Twitter at Ceci with two eyes Britos and you know I'll Talking there everything about uh, all kinds of uh, sports, soccer, mainly now basketball because, you know, Miami Heat and uh, football, anything you guys. And and just, you know, let me know what you guys like, what uh, you don't like. Uh, we're here for you guys and we're doing this for you guys so you can get more informed. And yeah, thanks for tuning in and uh, see you next week.
0: Good stuff. Fede, I want you to wear that shirt next week, man. I mean, you're just going all simple with that gray shirt. No, we all had to wear the Paraguay shirt in the first episode. So you're (laughs) up, man, next week. Where can people find you? I'm slow.
1: I'm slowing it down. I don't want to get too caught up in the emotions, like I told you at the beginning. Uh, I'm already thinking a lot, a lot about the two matches that are coming up, plus Venezuela. I got them right here, I got them right here. They, they left us out of the last World Cup, so I'm thinking a lot about them. I want revenge. Peru also, Peru has as, uh, you know, they've they, they, they done whatever they want with us lately. Uh, so hopefully we'll get the matches done. We'll talk about that on the next episode, uh, since the national team is going to play very soon. And like Ralph said, you, you guys can find us on, on social media, my uh, account, Fedegol Perez, Instagram, Twitter, and Roberto. To end it all, tell everybody where on uh, what platforms we're on, because we're on podcasts, we're on YouTube. People can hear us practically everywhere.
0: Yeah, basically, they they can hear us anywhere in the world. Um, hopefully, in space. Um, I'm sure those guys want to definitely get some insight on Paraguayan soccer. But uh, yeah, also follow me at Roberto Rojas ninety seven on Twitter, where I'm talking about all of sports, not just soccer. And and hopefully, I'll be able to talk about a Celtics win in in qualification to the final <laughs> against the Nuggets because uh, I like I want I like the Lakers, but. I like the Nuggets as well. I want to play them. It gives us a chance you don't want to play. it. No, <laughs> no, 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 not this time. Um, but yeah, uh, of course, make sure to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and obviously on YouTube, where we will upload this episode. Um, so again, for myself, Roberto Rojas, Maria Britos, Pedro Perez, and Ralph hannah thank you so much. See you soon.